Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Meriwether and Tharp, your source for Georgia divorce. Find them online at theatlantadivorceteam.com. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. So a few days ago, the Golden State Warriors won another NBA title, and is that their fourth? I had to lose count with, with some of this kind of stuff, but they've obviously won several here in the career of uh, Steph Curry, and because of that, it's kind of brought a word back into the sports conversation that maybe doesn't always kind of happen that the Golden State Warriors have been debated about their status and whether or not they've achieved dynasty status. You some, if you tune in on like one of those like uh, shout fest shows on ESPN or FS1 or something like that, you'll see that debate every now and then. You know, are the Golden State Warriors a dynasty? That's the word that gets used. And in watching some of these debates from time to time, I guess here's the thing I've come to understand is that maybe my definition of a dynasty is a lot more generous than other people might be though the dynasty is kind of the idea of not just a championship team but a team that sort of stays that championship status for a long time collecting a lot of titles and if you listen to the sort of like shout fest type people you get the impression that some of them are a little slow in wanting to say the warriors are a dynasty which i think is crazy i think it's ridiculous i think they clearly are a dynasty and if you want to bring this to like the college football world for a moment you know, we would all, I think, say that Alabama is a dynasty. They've won, you know, oodles of national championships in the uh, Nick Saban era. But I guess I would probably also say that a team like Clemson under Dabo Sweeney has been a dynasty. And as I said before, maybe my definition of dynasty is just a little bit too generous, apparently compared to what some people are saying. Uh, maybe that's the case. But to me, if you win two national titles and you are still active and competing for others you've been to the playoff what 15 16 17 18 19 20 what is that six years in a row if you've been in the playoff you know that many times you know to me you know not only is Nick Saban in Alabama certainly a college football dynasty I'd say in recent years um Clemson and Dabo Swinney have come pretty close to achieving what I would think of as sort of dynastic status here in college football and my point in bringing all of this up is is that now that Georgia is the reigning national champion in the sport, I think you look around at the next level for UGA and say, wow, can Georgia also take a step towards becoming a dynasty? It's a word that we used in sports. And it was also a great sort of like primetime soap back in the 80s. But, uh, but the, the word dynasty is a word that we use in sports sometimes to describe teams that have a lot of success over – a period of time and obviously we're not the only ones thinking about the future of georgia here and how great the program can be i thought it was really interesting the other day there's gonna be adam rittenberg for espn and he was writing about like the outlook for programs going forward into the future about like who is sort of set up for the most success moving forward you're probably not surprised to find out that georgia very near the top of that list not the very top i believe georgia was second on the list from Adam Rittenberg at ESPN in terms of the future outlook years ahead into the future. Connor Riley wrote about this at dognation.com. And there was a quote from Rittenberg about Georgia that I think is really interesting of, hey, if Georgia is going to be a dynasty, if Georgia is going to be the best program in college football going forward into future years, there is a simple thing that Georgia needs to do to make sure that becomes true. There is a step that Georgia could take to ensure that level of success and move Georgia a little closer into the category of maybe being a dynasty. Let me read you what Adam Rittenberg said. This from ESPN.com just the other day. 
So uh, Rittenberg says Georgia could soon occupy the top spot in these rankings. What he means by that is his own personal ranking of the teams that have the rosiest outlook for the future. He says Georgia could soon occupy the top spot in these rankings, but the program will need to continue making strides on offense. Smart should always produce top three defenses, but units like last year's, which went on to produce a record five first round draft picks, they don't come around every season. The Bulldogs ultimately will need to win more because of their offense and their passing game. That's what Adam Rittenberg says there at ESPN.com about what Georgia could do to position itself as the best program in college football. And to use my word, maybe moving more in the direction of actually being a dynasty. Now, let's just say this briefly for a moment. On the field with the players that Georgia currently has, there is reason to believe that Georgia will be better offensively than it was a year ago we've said around here that georgia which averaged about 38 39 points per game last year could take a step to go north of 40 maybe even the number i've kind of called for is maybe even like say 42 points per game this year with todd Munkin in year three with the players that georgia has we think that's a realistic possibility but you almost read between the lines on uh what rittenberg says there and you almost get the sense that what rittenberg is calling for is more than just year-over-year improvement because of a continuity offensive coordinator and more seasoned talent among your offensive playmaker ranks. It almost sounds like Rittenberg is calling for something a little bit more substantial than that, calling for Georgia to take a step to – to, to resemble what the other programs commonly mention among the sports very best, like Alabama and Ohio State, what they are doing on a regular basis. And if we want to kind of you know take Rittenberg's premise on that, that, hey, Georgia's going to be way better with its passing game. Georgia's going to be way better with its offense. If Georgia wants to be the best program in college football, that's the blind spot that exists right now. That's the weak point that exists right now. That's the place where Georgia has to be way better. Then, man, don't you really get the sense right now that this 2023 recruiting cycle kind of stands as a little bit of a pivot point on all of that 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 for as well as Georgia's doing and and in one way or another Georgia's heading for a truly elite signing class once again the last few days proved that you know with with CJ Allen and AJ Harris and the big names that Georgia has added the the rumors and rumblings of other big names that are coming in you have very little doubt that Georgia's going to have an elite signing class before this 2023 cycle is done. But specifically, when it comes to passing game, when it comes to wide receivers, when it comes to the kind of stuff that creates the kind of offensive firepower that Adam Rittenberg from ESPN says that Georgia would need to be the very best program in college football to build what I've described as a dynasty, there are a lot of unknown variables towards the end of this 2023 cycle as we're kind of what, about halfway through right now that'll determine a long way towards how Georgia gets there. And what's interesting here is it sort of seems like Georgia's kind of standing at the le- uh, sort of at the ledge here of, hey, maybe all of this falls in Georgia's direction or at least in terms of like the very biggest names possible, maybe none of this sort of falls in Georgia's direction. And I think over the course of the last the next few months, it's going to be a very sort of pressure-packed, you know, certainly very drama-filled uh, few weeks, couple of months, however long in the future you're going to look to see kind of where all of this goes. Obviously, a lot of this sort of centers around the quarterback Arch Manning and the fact that Georgia, much like the chief competition Texas, they have put all of their eggs in the basket of Manning here for this 2023 class. And of course, we don't know 
uh, you know, how how good Manning will be once he gets to the college level. The famous last name doesn't make him more likely to be successful, but the people who do this stuff for a living and do it every single year will tell you that Manning's rating as a quarterback is based on a lot more than just the fact that he's a part of his own quarterback dynasty there with the Manning clan. But this is an example of one of these recruiting battles they're going to be watching very closely. As Georgia tries to turn a 2021 national championship into a dynasty where Georgia wins many more times titles into the future the decision of arch manning is one of those that we're watching closely and it's fair to point out right now man there is a lot of chatter coming off of manning and the visit that he took to texas this past weekend and we said before there's a little bit of a square off right now a little bit of a showdown right now between the kind of local georgia centric media here with inside the sphere of dog nation who seems to think that Georgia has a real chance at getting Manning and the more nationally focused recruiting analyst that's either selling the Texas fans exactly what they want to hear or just objectively stating that they believe that Manning is going to end up with the Longhorns. I'm going to give you an example here. John Garcia Jr., longtime recruiting analyst, uh, guy in the kind of the recruiting sphere working now, I guess, for Sports Illustrated, he has written uh, for SI an article in the aftermath of the the Manning visit to Texas, and certainly he paints a pretty rosy picture for the Longhorns. Let me show you Garcia here on the uh, subject of that. He says, the Longhorns have long held buzz alongside Georgia when it comes to the Manning recruitment, especially when Alabama took the commitment of fellow Louisiana quarterback Eli Holstein. But, he says, for Texas, it kicked up a notch coming out of the weekend. SI sources indicate there is growing confidence from Steve Sarkeesian's coaching staff in their ability to ultimately land the top-rated talent. One source entered the sport's uh, biggest domino dropping relatively soon in the process. So, I want you to – and if you don't mind keeping this on the screen for a moment, I want you to notice this. I don't know if this is intentional language or if this is kind of a semantic trick here. But the Steve Sarkeesian's coaching staff, confident in their ability to land uh, uh, Arch Manning, not confident they're going to land him, confident in their ability to land him. You see the difference there on that? It's one of those deals of, hey, yeah, we think we can do this. That's a little bit different than saying, oh, we know we've already done this. That's a, that's a little bit different. Um but but it is interesting to hear for a guy like you know Manning who at one point in time maybe he would take his decision all the way into the season or towards the end of the recruiting cycle according to John Garcia here who's done this stuff for a living for a long time he says this might actually drop relatively soon in the process now and then that's fine I don't, I don't need the quote anymore uh now the, the thing that uh Garcia also kind of points to is the the tight end that that committed to Texas while Manning was taking the visit there this past weekend I mean I think a lot of us kind of scoff at the notion of that being much of a smoking gun in the Manning recruitment because if it was that crucial that this tight end would uh would sway Manning's decision the the high school teammate there at uh Isidore Newman in New Orleans if that player was this crucial in Manning's recruitment then we would have heard a lot more about that player in the Georgia circles because if it's that obvious this player is a big deal for UGA for, for for Manning, then UGA could have figured that out too and been deep in his recruitment. But the fact that we haven't heard more about the Newman tight end, well, with all due respect, at Georgia is because right now Georgia's recruiting tight ends who are among the top hundred players in the country, including Pierce Sperlin here, for the class of twenty twenty three. Knowing how business like and buttoned up the Manning family has been, can you imagine them saying, Well, we could go to a place like Georgia where their tight ends are like future first round picks and top 100 recruits in the country or we could go to texas because that's where my friend is going 
I mean, based on everything we've heard with the Manning recruitment, do you think there's any chance that'd be the case? I, I kind of don't. Uh, but nonetheless, there is a little bit of national love for for Manning in Texas right now. A lot of belief among Georgia fans that will eventually end up at UGA. But the point here is, as Georgia thinks about its future, as Georgia thinks about its outlook, as Georgia thinks about its own chance to kind of build a dynasty, the decision of March Manning is going to loom large in their ability to do that. And then one more quick thing here. Over the course of the next however long, it's about to get really interesting when it comes to Georgia and wide receiver recruits there as well. Because for as dramatic as the Manning thing is going to be, the truth is there are a lot of Georgia fans who have seen Georgia win a lot of battles for five-star quarterbacks a lot in the past. Whether it be transfer of JT Daniels or the high school recruitment of Justin Fields or Jacob Eason before that that Georgia's no stranger to bringing in five-star quarterbacks. But really winning the big battles for elite wide receiver recruits is something that hasn't quite happened quite as much. But standing here, you know, about halfway through this 2023 recruiting cycle, man, you are on the precipice of seeing some of these decisions start to fall. I'll invite you to check out Jeff's story with Hakeem Williams at dognation.com as he talks about the way in which he was entertained during his recent Georgia visit. You got Tyler Williams, who's uh, getting ready to make a decision coming up. He's hinting at that on uh, social media there as well. Um, uh, good stuff there uh, from, from Dog Nation on that. Uh, you, you see there, dognation.com, when it comes to uh, how Arch Manning kind of factors into all that. Uh, he says, I need a quarterback. It does impact my recruiting decision. You can read more about that at dognation.com on that front. But it's not just Hakeem Williams. It's Tyler Williams. It's Malik Benson, the very impressive junior college wide receiver prospect. He's also heading towards a big decision, too, having just visited UGA, among other top programs there as well, that we're about to hear a lot of announcements from receivers eventually manning himself and it's go a long way it's going to go a long way towards determining just how much of a perch georgia stands on in future seasons this is the reigning national champion right now in college football and if the right dominoes fall on the offensive side of the ball here in this 2023 class the current national champions can be turned into the thing that everybody wants to be but few can actually become maybe dynasty is in georgia's future if they get the right version of yeses here with the remainder of this 2023 recruiting class my name is brandon adams and this is dog nation daily the daily podcast for georgia bulldogs fans good morning to you and thanks for being with us no matter how you get to us today we're on video 945 dognation.com dog nation app 10 a.m after that facebook youtube twitter twitch on the radio at noon on athens sports radio 96 the ref podcast all the various platforms apple spotify google everything else just happy to have you a part of the show today if you're watching on video and just kind of tuned in you see me wearing my braves jersey little day baseball for the uh, braves today closing out their series against the san francisco giants we got a little bit of a company outing there today so i'm very excited about that lucky to be able to sneak away to truist park here in the afternoon and i am decked out in honor of being able to do that and such a big thanks to all of our friends here uh in the building who've helped make that be possible for us today really looking forward to being able to do that and as much fun as that is and so many other folks having good times during the summer let me tell you what's not fun and that's the thing that we have to talk about right now but we talk about it because while it may not be fun to go through this there is success for you on the other side of it and that's what i'm here to tell you about right now there could be a happier tomorrow there can be a happier tomorrow for you when you make the right decision what i'm talking about here is the divorce process it's scary and confusing and in an audience the size of ours statistically speaking a lot of you have either gone through this in the past or fear that you might be going through this in the very near future and i'm sorry for you on that but let me give you some helpful advice 
trust my friends at Meriwether and Tharp on this. And you may say, well, BA, I'm not trusting anybody uh, just on the basis of one recommendation. I don't know what Meriwether and Tharp is. Well, Meriwether and Tharp understands that, even though you've heard me talk about them now for years, but they want to help you get acquainted with them. So if you'll check out their website, theatlantadivorceteam.com, that's theatlantadivorceteam.com. If you think divorce might be something you're a candidate for, when you go to their website, they're going to give you a lot of free resources, and it's going to go. It's going to do two things. It's going to educate you about the divorce process because there are a lot of intricacies to this that maybe you haven't considered. But their free resource, I'm talking about blog posts and podcasts, um, that's going to help educate you about what the divorce situation might mean for you. And not only will you learn about the divorce process, but you're going to learn more about Meriwether and Tharp there as well because the generosity they show before you even become a client. I think speaks to their heart for helping people, their heart for setting people up for more success in the future. That's why I love recommending Meriwether and Tharp here on this show. And guess what? You can even have a free initial phone consultation with one of their attorneys. And you can tell that person your story and they can tell you what you need to do next. And you can hire Meriwether and Tharp to go out there and get you everything you deserve in this process. That's what they want to do. So please make sure you check them out online. Your source for Georgia divorce. That is Meriwether and Tharp. You can find them online at the AtlantaDivorceTeam.com. We're going to get Terrence Edwards coming up here in just a couple of minutes' time. Before that, though, I want to have a little bit of fun, though, as we go around the doghouse. So yesterday, I, on social media, Twitter, mentioned the fact that Ohio State, you've heard like blowhards before say the Ohio State University or the Ohio State University. Somehow, Ohio State has trademarked the word the in context to their name. And I think that's a little bit odd, whatever. But uh, I kind of asked Georgia fans themselves of – if Georgia could trademark a single word, you know, when you think about Ohio State, you do think about a lot of, you know, very uh, blustery people saying the Ohio State University. Well, if Georgia could trademark a single word, what word would you want to see Georgia trademark? And a lot of folks said dogs. Actually, when it comes to like sort of red and black dogs, you know, Georgia has had that you know word trademark for a while. But I got a few other really good ones that I wanted to share for a moment of, hey, if, if Ohio State's going to sort of apply for trademarks and get the in relationship to their name, what else should Georgia get on this? I want to show you a couple of these here for a moment. And now, this is not the, the prettiest graphic necessarily, but I kind of threw a lot of these up on the screen of what folks were saying. Let me show you uh, one of these here for a moment. So uh, Bobby Ryle says probably Tyler Simmons was on was not offsides basically like making that into one word there on that that's pretty good from uh Bobby uh a different Bobby Bobby Payne says how about DGD that would be kind of a cool thing there uh speaking of acronyms David Hay says how about GATA I I like that there as well if you know you know on that and kind of a similar situation Jeff Austin uh son says how about FTMF and that's one of those uh if you uh truly if you know you know uh going back to something that Kirby Smart was uh apparently caught on video saying at the end of the florida game in 2017 uh, but pretty good was it 2017 that he said that or was it 2018 either way uh pretty good stuff uh cs says how about the word development and listen i like this one because uh that is kind of what george has been sort of famous for here as of late you know guys like jordan davis and others that come through the program gotten better while they're here george is not selling a lot of flash a lot of pizzazz it's selling development that's pretty good stuff from CS. One word to trademark. I kind of like that. Jason Wright says, how about elite? 
as the one word going back to kirby smart last year who clearly said you're either elite or you're not that became a big you know sort of a big strong phrase for uj a year ago i like jason wright's idea on that maybe being elite uh dgd podcast says he wants them to see him trademark dogs because he's tired of washington fans using that yeah it's kind of weird way out west in seattle and washington sometimes the washington huskies their fans do like to think of themselves as the dogs d-a-w-g-s what's always kind of frustrating me about that is like that's not the way that people from seattle talk the reason why the whole dogs thing got started down here is is this is the way we talk you know we don't say dogs we say dogs we have a little southern draw to us at least those of us who are authentically from here we say dogs so the idea that washington would be the dogs when they don't talk that way up in seattle i'm right there with dgd on that uh king perp llama says uh how about champions and listen you know ohio state can be the all they want but i'll take champions any day of the week i think king's absolutely right about that jkgm says how about dat gum dogs and that's uh pretty good there as well i also thought i thought our buddy dustin kozar had a very funny thing on this he'd say listen i think that georgia should trademark university and that way when ohio state says the ohio state university uh, george can hit him with a cease and desist on that for the uh, trademark of uh university which is probably pretty funny i also got another uh good one here and i'll show you that one there as well uh and uh Pompano says how about just trademarking savages and she shows the old junkyard dog savage t-shirt that was obviously a very popular phrase around georgia a couple of years ago i think that's a pretty good idea there as well so a lot of georgia fans having a good time with all of that uh a lot of words here have become to mean a lot for uh, georgia over the years it was chopping wood at one point in time it was savages it was elite this past year there are a lot of words that have taken on a lot of meaning for you georgia fans and uh, that's a cool thing to be able to see here's what else is cool to be able to see terrence edwards on the program he's busy today he's actually coaching in the midst of what we're doing right now so we're not going to keep him super long but we do want to talk some georgia football with him so what do you say we do that right now here on dog nation daily presented by merriweather and tharp From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. A lot of you know when Terrence isn't with us here on uh, Dog Nation Daily, he is also uh, out there coaching, whether it be on an individual basis or with his team there at uh, Milton High School. He's doing a lot of great stuff when it comes to uh, all of that. And right now they're participating in a seven-on-seven tournament. Terrence, I know you're busy today, so I appreciate your time. Uh, Thank you for being here. Hope we're not taking you off the field. Is your team currently playing right now? Yes, we are. It's okay. No, it's okay. Well, I, we, won't, we won't take up too much of your time there, but I guess kind of describe this for us there a little bit. Are you guys – are you in Athens for the for, for this? Is, is, is that where you guys are right now? Are you in Athens for the 7-on-7? Seven seven? Yes, yes, we are. Yes, we are. We're in the indoor facility as we speak. So uh, tell, tell us a little bit about some of the players that you've seen thus far. What, what's kind of stood out to you here? Because I've heard of some of the guys who, who, who've, uh, who've been there. What, what has impressed you about getting a chance to see some of this uh, summer work that's taking place here right now? Well, I'll just tell you that the one thing that just caught my eye, and I've never been this uh, up close to the young man, is Antoine Hill. He is okay. a big uh, dude. Man, to be that young, he's, he's legitimately 6'5" maybe 210 with a live arm. So that was my first opportunity to get to, get to see him up close and personally. He's very impressive athlete. Mill Creek is there too, right? Have you seen Caleb Downs yet? I haven't seen Caleb. I've been around Caleb a lot, so I haven't seen them yet. Uh, we're actually playing Colquitt right now. Uh, but So it's only our second game of the day. We're going to move around a little bit later. 
Uh, but we're all in the guys that are in the endo. Probably most impressive one is 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 Antoine Hill. Oh, that's good to hear. And, and folks should realize that you know, listen, uh, Milton had a, another big season a year ago, and obviously change over that coaching staff, but. You know, you guys bring back a, a lot of talent again this year there as well that uh, Milton's going to once again be heard from in a very big way in that 7A classification, are they not? Most definitely. You know, I have a uh, – one reason that, you know, I, I kind of chose Milton because of uh, – we do have a power five receiver in DeBron Gatlin yeah. who uh, just got offered by Alabama a couple of days ago. He was at Ohio State yesterday. He pulled his hamstring, but first time ever running a 40, ran a four five three. So uh, without any training, without any just natural going out there running. So um, he's a guy in the 24 class that the uh, would be one of the top receivers in the country. Yeah, I don't mind telling you, I thought DeBron Gatlin was one of the best receivers I saw play a, a year ago. Very, very impressive, you know, uh, future skill position player there for sure. And speaking of that, we were talking about wide receiver recruiting a little bit before you joined us. It seems like, Terrence, that right now Georgia's kind of teetering on the brink here of, man, they could get some yeses from some very big-time players or, you know, this 2023 cycle could play out the way in which previous cycles have where you maybe end up a little disappointed in what you're not able to grab in terms of that receiver position. But when you look at like Hakeem Williams and Tyler Williams and Malik Benson, the junior college prospect, that a lot of these guys are kind of saying the right things. Jeff had a good story with Hakeem the other day. He seemingly had a very nice visit to UGA. How attractive of a landing spot do you think Georgia is right now for the elite wide receiver recruit? I, I don't. I don't think for you know what Ohio State just did these last three days. I don't think we're there yet at that uh, position. But the brand of UGA football and being big time football and Kirby being able to uh, develop players and put them in the NFL. So I just think the overall brand is going to attract high level receivers. Uh, but I don't think we're at the spot where we're going to get three five stars like Ohio State did in three successes a day. Uh, we're not there yet, but we're going to get there at some point I believe I think uh, this year we're going to be more uh, pass down the field offense uh, I can't wait to see that so that will attract those high level receivers do you think there is something in particular about the receiver position because obviously you mentioned Ohio State and like they go out and get you know take, uh, uh, they get Brandon Ennis you know they, they get just this huge collection of receivers they've kind of brought in over the course of the uh, like you said three days in a row getting a major wide receiver commit do you think the receiver position in particular is one of those positions where, you know, players want to go to a spot where they have seen proven, you know, productivity, they've seen proven output at that position? Because obviously, you know, not only is Ohio State stacking them here this year, but in previous years they've kind of done the same thing there as well. You can make a case they probably recruited the receiver position better than anybody has. Is this something particular about that position, or is this just Ohio State finding a level of success with their position coach Brian Hartline? I think it's kind of both. I think it's, you know, receivers, let's just put out, they, they, they look for stats. I tell uh, kids all the time, stats does not get you drafted, your potential and the ability to play this game does. But we all want to go out and, and accumulate stats. And you just look at the stats that Ohio um, State have put up the last three years. And, I mean, three first-round receivers this year, and they are claiming uh, Jameson Williams, even though he finished at Alabama. So, you know, Brian Hartline, he just goes in and say, look what I've developed. I can get you here. And, you know, the proof is in the pudding, so they're going to continue to get those high-level guys. One more thing on this, and I want to ask you one more thing before we let you go. Um, you're obviously watching this stuff pretty closely. Like, who are the receivers right now that you like in this 
current class? Are there one or two that step stand out to you more so than the others that you would say, hey, you know, if I had my wish list, this would be the guy that I would have wanted for Georgia? Uh, I think the Hakeem Weaves, I think his name is from Georgia. Yeah. I think he is he's one of the uh, more underrated. He's been 6'4". Uh, I don't like him a lot. And then I look at the, the Juco kid. I can't remember his name. Malik Benson, yeah. Kid. I really – yeah, I really like him a lot as well. So those two of the guys that I've really liked that I've been watching and reading that we have a a, a chance with. But I think, you know, B-Mac is one of the, the top guys that be able to get guys and the guys that he have interested. Uh, I like him a lot. And one of the guys I'm a bit of that is not talked about a lot is Caden Lee here out of Tennessee, who's trained with me for a while. If you just go and watch him, he is a high-level, get-open, catch-the-football receiver. Um, that I think will blow up more and people will understand that this kid is, is legit. And uh, he's a kid that I don't know uh, he, he does have an officer from Georgia. B. Mac has spoke with mm-hmm. him. Uh, they just they, they got some ground to kick up. But he's a kid that I think whatever system he's going to be in, he's going to be uh, very productive. That's good to hear, Terrence. Thanks for sharing that. I, I, I appreciate that. I want to finish with this because we talked about this guy last week and there's been more chatter about him since you and I talked to him. That's Karis Jackson. You know, Jackson, I guess, saw one of these magazines that didn't have him amongst like the all SEC list or whatever else and basically put out a warning to the rest of the folks in college football to let it be known that he wants to be you know, respected and he's coming off a, a year in which he didn't get a chance to play a lot of receiver a year ago because he was recovering from injury. But it sounds like he's really got sights set on a big season coming up here right now as a guy who knows what it takes to achieve at the high level at the receiver position in the SEC. How much do you enjoy the fact that uh, Kiaris right now seems so heavily motivated and so laser-focused on having himself a big year? How much do you like seeing that? Oh, I love it. I love it. I mean, we all know Kiaris you know, started off uh, in 2020 a game busters, and uh, he's proven that he's a high-level wide receiver in the SEC. Last year, he had a lot of injuries that derailed his explosiveness and quickness, and he's back. I mean, I've trained with him a few times, and he, he's back. I think he, you're going to see the 2020 version of Pierre. And, you, you know, when you play with a chip on your shoulder, uh, that's extra motivation. And he's going to go and, and uh, put the work in and prove people that he should be one of those guys that's being talked about. You know, Terrence, I love having you in the program. I appreciate the work that you're doing. And a day like this when you're very busy, thanks so much for being here. Remind folks one more time how they can get involved with the stuff that you're doing, uh, Wide Receiver Academy, all the great work that you're doing, or just kind of following your coaching career. How can they find you online? Uh, you can find me at Terrence Edwards, Wide Receiver Academy on all platforms. I want everyone on Dog Nation to listen to how much I love being on the show that I've stepped away from That's right. my coaching at 707 to be on the show to uh, give everybody my insight. So, uh, uh, but you can find me on all social media platforms. Terrence Elt with the wide receiver cast. Terrence, we're truly grateful for that. Thank you so much for your time. We'll let you get back to it now. And uh, best of luck to Milton as they go through this seven on seven work here this week. Thank you. take a look around the rest of the league this is sec through yeah really good stuff from uh terrence edwards there i, I just think that hey somebody gotta love football and that's one of the reasons why we love having a lot of these ex-players on is because of their love for the game both in terms of hey i'm gonna pop on the phone i'm gonna talk about it i'm gonna be hands-on working through all of that and how much fun would that be you know georgia indoor facility right now being a fly on the wall for some of that with you know big programs like milton and mill creek and some of those the, these others who are there doing that seven-on-seven stuff right there and the competitive fire that burns and everybody because you want to show out. I mean, if you're if you're playing at the Billy Payne, you know, uh, indoor facility, the House of Pain as they call it, 
that's the kind of place you want to have a pretty good moment if you can. And um, it sounds like Terrence is right in the middle of all that. That's a kind of a cool thing to be able to see. Also interesting to hear Terrence's words there when it comes to Malik Benson. That's a player it sounds like that he's got a lot of uh, like for and respect for there in terms of being the kind of potentially impact receiver there uh, for George. One of those wide receiver names that we're watching pretty close. We'll have Jeff Centel, our Dog Nation recruiting insider on the show tomorrow. We'll talk more to him about the month of July and how it really is leading into a lot of big time announcements. But as I said before, there's a there's a little bit of extra emphasis, I think, for a lot of Georgia fans right now when it comes to to that receiver position. Uh, when it comes to that you know offensive skill position, and obviously the impact of Arch Manning is so heavy in all of this, including as Jeff wrote with Hakeem Williams. You can check more at that about that on uh, dognation.com and we'll have Jeff Sintel on the show tomorrow there as well let's get ready to go cruise around the sec courtesy of royal caribbean right now and man this is a great chance for you to take your own royal caribbean cruise vacation i told some of our audience before that like for the remainder of this month of june you know heading into the july 4th weekend trying to soak up as much summer as i possibly can because once we get to july you start thinking about sec media days and all that kind of fun stuff like you're essentially almost in the football season well some of y'all don't have to be quite so rigid on your schedule as that you can kind of enjoy all kinds of opportunities to go on a royal caribbean cruise vacation and now is the time to do that the ships are back everybody's having a great time and everybody's taking advantage of some of the wonderful opportunities uh that are available including you know the the port i like to go out of is port canaveral the way i kind of see it is i don't like to fly if i don't have to um and port canaveral for me is a pretty easy drive just past orlando so you know for me that's the kind of place i can easily drive to and coming up here pretty soon the largest cruise ship in the world uh it's called wonder of the seas from royal caribbean going to be uh based right out of port canaveral and so if you want to experience the biggest the best that royal caribbean has to offer wonder of the seas the brand new newest ship biggest ship in the world from our friends at royal caribbean going to be right there in port canaveral it's a great way to experience all these cool amenities and options and features and benefits that come your way because of a royal caribbean cruise vacation so i hope you will check that out uh, in fact our friends at the cruise and vacation authority can help you with this you can find them online at tcava.com that's tcava.com you can also give them a call here 770-952-8300 that's 770-952-8300 you can check out the cruise and vacation authority today and they can help you get going on a great royal caribbean cruise vacation there are a lot of options there are a lot of choices and handling those choices managing the right situation for you sometimes expert advice on that just makes that better so the cruise and vacation authority can certainly help you with all of that with that said let's get ready to go through um the news around the sec here right now and i saw an interesting story drop from florida and this is one of those things that's probably not unique certainly to the gators but how this will be handled in 2022 i think will give you a pretty good sense of kind of how the sport might be changing so you know florida like a lot of programs kind of bumping up against the idea of being at that 85 scholarship limit and new coach also wants his own vision for the program in some cases that means and you hate to say it this way but just sort of getting rid of some of the old players that you don't think quite fit into your situation as much as you want to so florida's basically cut three players sophomore wide receiver finley graham uh safety mordecai mcdaniel he's also a sophomore there as well and red f- shirt freshman defensive lineman chris thomas jr now 
this is one of those things that's sort of like the ugly underbelly of college football from time to time. And in this particular case, this isn't, isn't me so much, you know, taking jabs on the uh, Gators the way that sometimes I might do. We'll do that later in the show. This is more as much as I possibly can, just sort of objective uh, analysis in that programs are always trying to quietly make sure they have the 85 best players they can get, which means you want to get good players. And sometimes kind of quietly, you want to get rid of players. Maybe you decided that maybe you misevaluated when they were coming into the program. That's kind of always gone on. But when it comes to stuff like this, especially if these are in-state players, players that you brought in from your own state, politically, you just have to be very careful about this because high school coaches, things like that, will get very upset if they think you did one of their guys wrong. And if you want to be back in that high school again and, you know, bringing in uh, players in that program again, you better not make uh, the high school coach happy. It's sort of like the version of, you've heard the phrase before, if mom ain't happy, nobody's happy. Well, listen, when it comes to the high school coaches in your state, if they're not happy with you, then nobody else going to be happy with you either because that's just the pipeline that you need. The most readily accessible talent for your program comes from your local high schools. And so you've got to try to keep these guys happy when possible. That's just kind of been the way that things have gone, you know, for a long time. But here's what you're left to wonder now. How much of this is changing because of the NIL era in which we're currently living in, in the transfer portal era in which we're currently living in, where we're giving players, you know, more rights and freedoms they've ever had before. And there are plenty of people who would say that's the way it should be. This should have happened a long time ago. But oftentimes rights come coupled with responsibilities and, you know, the right to transfer or the right to make money off your, you know, your name, image, likeness also comes up with the responsibility, I would say, to live up to the expectation the coach has for you. And you sort of wonder in future years, and you're already seeing some examples of this. Um, uh, you know, there was a story about Lincoln Riley in USC the other day doing some similar stuff. You start to wonder in future years, will programs be quite so quiet when they move off of a player? You know, in the NFL world, you just sort of get cut. They, what do they call it? Go visiting the Turk? What they call that? Uh, you know, you just get cut and it's just open. It's open and shut. You ever watch Hard Knocks? It's just very businesslike. Matter of fact, hey, we don't have room for you anymore. Sorry. Best of luck to you in your future endeavors. College football in the past has been a little more touchy-feely about that kind of stuff. Even if it was just for show, there's a little bit more of a sensitivity about, oh, let's be careful not to be perceived as running players off because that's kind of not really been what you do in college football in the past. But in a day and age in which, you know, players are bouncing quick and everybody seems to be fighting for dollars and, you know, going to the highest bidder, does that transactional relationship take over in college football? I would say that before, you know, the you know, you had a little bit more of a relational connection coach to player, but it's become more transactional in the future. And if it does, yeah, there may be more money for a few players and more transfer opportunities for a, for a guy who wants to bounce from place to place. But on the other end of that spectrum, they're going to be coaches who feel just a little bit more emboldened to look at a guy who's maybe not living up to what you thought he was capable of and saying i'm sorry we don't have room for you anymore and those kinds of messages may come a lot less apologetically than they would have in the past so just something worth considering there for a moment uh, i thought it was interesting terrence edwards a moment ago was talking about ohio state position coach brian hartline because fresh off of what has been an amazing run of receiver commits for the buckeyes they got another one yesterday in the person of noah rogers and as i mentioned to terrence there's a part of me that's kind of left to wonder how much of this is related to um you know 
wide receivers simply wanting to go to sure things simply wanting to go to programs that that you know are are are, are going to pr- pr- provide them the productivity they want and how much of this is just heartline being a very good position coach because uh certainly it's it's quite obvious that ohio state right now is recruiting at the receiver position better than almost anybody has in quite some time and you can't really do anything but give them a a lot of credit for the work that they're doing on that and uh one more thing i wanted to mention here really quickly and this has got kind of nothing to do with anything else from our sec through but i also kind of wanted to point this out because this is something we've talked about for a little bit of uh time here of course the last little bit i think what clemson is continuing to kind of quietly do in recruiting in state is actually pretty impressive that you know, we talked the other day about them adding Victor Burley, the uh, big-time defensive lineman out of uh, out of Rome, and they've done a good job on that. But also, they went go and get a guy like Stephon Green out of uh, uh, I should say Green's out of Rome, uh, Burley's out of Warner Robins. But the point here is is that we have kind of been left discussing a lot about you know just how um, you know how well established you know Dabo Swinney still is a year after not making the college football playoff and kind of falling off his perch of what he you know had been at clemson are they going to be able to retain that are they going to be able to get that back there are a lot of people who say hey maybe clemson's a college ball playoff team again here in 2022 that remains to be seen but when it comes to in-state in georgia with some pretty big time guys you know victor burley recently fine green here as of late there as well the clemson's actually still recruiting in-state pretty well and for a lot of these other border programs that want to be in the state of georgia think about south carolina or auburn or you know programs like that tennessee you know right now Clemson's getting a lot of the players I think they would probably like to have and so uh, pretty impressive to see the uh, Tigers here on a pretty good run when it comes to recruiting in the state of Georgia Clemson's from where I'm sitting right now is only about a 90 minute drive so the state of Georgia is pivotal for the Tigers success and when it comes to some prospects that we've talked about some prospects at least in the case of Burley that maybe Georgia had its eyes on uh, Clemson's still able to win some of those recruiting battles so uh, worth pointing out that uh, a little bit there as well and with that said we'll go ahead and get ready to wrap up today's program all right, so uh, golden shoe time, and one of the things that we uh, sometimes do around here is we play a lot of like audio clips. We have music beds. We have we have a lot of bells and whistles from time to time. And like the problem is, is all that kind of comes through the same channel on our audio board. And so sometimes, hey, you know, you have to be a little louder to make sure you hear somebody else's voice, which means the music when you play that comes through a little too loud. You got to kind of bring that down. And uh, one of our uh, commenters shared this. I'm going to show this to you on the screen. This is our uh, golden shoe. Uh, Buster says. Uh, the type of reaction I want the next time B.A. has to say to turn the music down when he's talking and you see Kirby Smart on, on the video here screaming into his headset telling people to uh, to calm down and, and quiet down uh, he says that I'm he says I'm teasing but that would be the most humorous yeah I think that's pretty funny for a buster there and listen there's a lot of bells and whistles that would be controlled around here so uh, pretty good stuff from buster on that will make him our golden shoe winner for today how about the lousy stinking gators long time since they've won a title about 4914 days that's our gator hater updater and our gator hater countdown dogs back in jacksville 128 days from right now that is our gator hater countdown georgia looking forward to another win against the florida gators we'll see you tomorrow here on Dog Nation Daily, presented by Meriwether and Tharp. We'll look forward to talking to you then. And on the podcast, I'm now with the RS Andrews Podcast. Cool. Now, we'll take some of your comments. You can send them to me on Twitter at Dog Nation Daily and in the comment section at dognation.com. And as I said before, for those of you that listen to this portion of the podcast, always made more fun by your commentary, your chance to hear your thoughts expressed during this time, and really kind of fun to give me something to kind of react to during this portion of it. I was looking at Jeff's story on Hakeem Williams. Some of the comments and response to the williams deal 
obviously the elite receiver who is considering Georgia pretty interesting. Bubba Bill writes in. It says, sounds like Texas A&M is going to be the team to beat here. My dog Ryan also mentions Ohio State. Uh, he says, my friend from the military is a big Ohio State fan. He just wants some good linebackers since Ohio State. The defense has fallen off. Yeah, it's kind of interesting there how as they continue to collect these great receivers and great offensive talent, their defense has fallen off here a little bit. Um, Doggy also writes in the money's too much at Texas A&M, meaning the NIL money they've been rumored to uh, have leaned on. And Red Dog 1 writes in to say, why would you want to play at Texas A&M over Georgia? Not a better brand of football, that's for sure, you tell me, which is obviously kind of a veiled reference to the NIL money that's been thrown around there. And I guess that's going to be one of the interesting things is that Texas A&M certainly has been assumed to and rumored to have used nil to great success here recently but they have really struggled with their offense especially the skill position type stuff and you know it remains to be seen how much better on the field a&m will be this year than what it was uh, a year ago or what it has been at any point in time in the uh, jimbo fisher era other than, than the top five season in the pandemic short in 2020 but this has been a uh, this has been a program that has just not really quite figured out there on offense. And so, how much money would you have to give somebody to to have them buy into? Well, I'm not really quite so sure how this program is going to use me because it hasn't really used other guys very well there either. I think for, I think it's a it's a fascinating scenario here for a And M. Of even if you don't win the West or you don't go eleven and one or you don't do something like that. You know, can you resemble a little bit more of a competent offense? Because for everything that people have said about you know Kirby Smart, his offense through this is that's whatever was true about Georgia was more true about Texas A&M. This is a very plotting team. They've not had really any skilled position success whatsoever, and that's one of the things that does need change. And I don't know. Your guess is as good as mine as how much guys like that, like Hakeem Williams and others, are are, are watching that right now i think i think that's one of the fascinating things that's also at stake here as georgia battles the likes of the aggies for some of these top receiver recruits so we'll make that your rs andrews podcast cool down i'll invite you to check out rs andrews online at rsandrews.com for your air conditioning heating plumbing and electric needs it's very hot right now so get that ac unit tuned back up to factory fresh specs rs andrews can do it for you and it only costs 99 dollars. check out rsandrews.com today for a lot more on that we will see you tomorrow here on dog nation daily presented by meriwether and tharp We'll look forward to talking to you then.